I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Psalms 132 through 134. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. Due to a scheduling oversight on my part back in 2004, this is the shortest reading of the year. These three Psalms only take just a few minutes to read. In all three of these Psalms that we're reading today, we have the subtitle Song of Degrees in the King James Version. The New King James says Song of Ascents. It's found at the beginning of each of these three Psalms. So let's begin with an excerpt from Easton Bible Dictionary regarding what the Song of Degrees really means. Song of Steps, a title given to each of these 15 Psalms, 120 through 134 inclusive. The probable origin of this name is the circumstance that these Psalms came to be sung by the people on the ascents or goings up to Jerusalem to attend the three great festivals, according to the specifications of Deuteronomy 16.16. They were well fitted for being sung, by the way, from their peculiar form and from the sentiments they express. They are characterized by brevity, by key word, by epinephora, meaning repetition, and by their epigrammatic style. More than half of them are cheerful and all of them are hopeful. They are sometimes called pilgrim songs, Four of them were written by David, one by Solomon, Psalm 127, and the rest are anonymous. Psalm 132, the subtitle, as I mentioned, says a song of ascents. Verse 1, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of the woods. Let us go into his tabernacle. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priest be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. For your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth to David, he will not turn from it. I will set upon your throne the fruit of your body. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony which I shall teach them, their sons also shall sit upon your throne there forevermore. For the Lord has chosen Zion, he has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priest with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There I will make the horn of David grow. I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon himself his crown shall flourish. Now, while not stated specifically, this psalm was certainly written by David himself. It was likely used as a processional when the ark was moved to its new home in Jerusalem, Zion. As a matter of fact, you'll notice that verses 8 through 10 here are incorporated into the prayer of dedication for the temple 
in First Chronicles chapter 6, verses 41 and 42. Therefore, there is simply no question about the time frame in which this psalm was written. This is a 10th century composition, celebrating the bringing of the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, which is recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 12 through 19. Zion, or Jerusalem, was chosen as the capital of David's kingdom and the center of worship. Incidentally, Ephrathah, in verse 6, is the old name of Bethlehem. You'll also notice that David fully embraces his position before God as king of Israel, referring to himself as God's anointed in verses 10 and 17. We see an oath from David to God in verses 2 through 5 to find a permanent home for God in Israel. When David heard that God had blessed Obed-Edom, the guardian of the ark, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 12, after that unfortunate ark transport accident, Dave immediately made efforts to bring the ark on back to Jerusalem. David then recites the oath from God regarding the throne of Israel in verse 12 when he reports, If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony which I shall teach them, their sons also shall sit upon your throne forevermore. Well, as we now know, Israel declined to hold up their end of that bargain. It will be restored at the time of the yet future millennium when the Messiah shall once again establish the throne of David in Jerusalem. In Psalm 133, we see that good fellowship is just hard to beat. The subtitle again says, A Song of Ascents of David. Verse 1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edges of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. Psalm 133.1 Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And we're told in the subtitle that David himself wrote this one. David compares the expression of unity to the sacred oil by which the priests were anointed. According to Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 to 33, the oil prepared for the use in the tabernacle was a special fragrant oil whose recipe was simply not to be imitated for common use only for the priestly anointing, and there were penalties for doing so. David gives us a pretty vivid description of this oil in verse 2. In verse 3, Mount Hermon is almost 10,000 feet above sea level. As such, the rainfall there is heavier than lower-lying areas, causing everything to grow better. Both illustrations are given to show the joy of unity among brethren. And then we finally have, in Psalm 134, a little bit of recognition for the night shift. Again, this psalm has a subtitle of A Song of Ascents. Verse 1. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. Here's yet another mention of Zion, meaning Jerusalem. This one seems to be of Davidic authorship along with Psalm 133, but we aren't actually told who the author really is. Notice the focus of this psalm in verse 1. It says, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Who are the recipients of this blessing? Well, the nightstand, also known as the night shift, they're the ones that are getting this blessing. Those are the Levites who care for the temple during those night shifts. 
Given that this is one of those song of degrees or ascent sung by the people on their way to Jerusalem for the festivals, it must have been an encouragement to these lonely night shift Levites to hear these people sing a song of blessing upon them for the work they were doing. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.